morning, good afternoon, good night, my dears. Welcome to one more worldwide podcast. And before introducing the amazing guest of the night, of the morning, it depends when or what time you guys are listening. I just want to ask, how's Guy from Netherlands? Amsterdam. Hey guys, how's it going? This is literally my two last weeks here in this amazing country. And it's so funny because Obviously, you guys have read by the title, this episode is going to be about the Netherlands. And uh, when we did our episode about Croatia, I was also on my last weeks there. And uh, so I always like to leave our best episodes to the last of the country that I'm in. So here we are, guys. And this is going to be a very special one because we have uh, my amazing boss, Jird Prat, <laughs> with us. And this is probably our most unique episode because Jeard is the owner of an amazing company that we will discuss a little bit more on this episode. And uh, yeah, Jeard, uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, tell to the people. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, uh, just to keep it easy, just call me TJ. So it's a way easier than, than, than Jeard for most people. Um, yeah, I'm... Uh, I started out as a motion designer, but um, I have a production company called uh, Just Not a Nerd. Uh, we make, uh, uh, yeah, like online content, films, uh, sh short films, commercials, uh, animation stuff. And uh, I myself do photography as well. Started out uh, in 2017 with that. And um, yeah, the company is already uh, like, I think, 10, 12 years old. And um, yeah, it's been a while. I grew uh, out from being a motion designer to a uh, producer, to a director, to, um, yeah, like I said, a photographer. Yeah. And now uh, I have some new stuff in the works that I will be a creative director for something for a new brand. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, in a nutshell, that's uh, that's what I do. So Amazing. Yeah. And uh, just mm -hmm. one thing, because I don't think you ever told me this. Uh, oh, by the way, to our listeners... Uh, as I told you guys, Jeard is my boss and I uh, am working with uh, this company, Just Not Nerd, since June. Uh, and by the way, this company, for me especially, it's amazing because as you guys know, I'm the biggest nerd ever. So when I saw the name of this company, I was like, this company is especially for me. And uh, Jeard gave me the liberty to like kind of do my own thing in the company to bring the theme out more of being a nerd. Um, and Jeard, uh, what was the main reason that you started this company? I don't think I ever uh, asked you this before. Like, uh, what were you thinking uh, before when you were like, oh, let's create a company called Just Not a Nerd? What was like the main reason behind it? Well, uh, the main reason behind the name or the main reason behind starting the company? Because it might be both. <laughs> both, both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got two stories for you. Um, right. So, okay. So, no, the, the, the main reason when. I, I did my own, I had two, I did two internships and one was like uh, total freedom and they, um, they let me come at 12 and leave at five and, and they were legit, just like, oh yeah, just go do some 3D stuff and uh, well, whatever. And uh, then my second internship was um, uh, working for a, a company called uh, Guru. Um, now it's called Storm Post Production, but um um, yeah, so back in the day, that was like a very serious company, um, a post-production company, and they did awesome stuff. But uh, what the things that I literally was able to do or allowed to do was just like really 
the simple thing. Well, the, the bullshit that the intern always gets to do, you know? So, the boring stuff, the yeah. boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, let me tell you, I, I, I literally uh, copied a book. I don't know if that was a fucking joke that I, that they had made me do that, but I really? needed to so, copy a whole book like on a on a copy machine, and then yeah, and then had to put it together. And I was like, why am I doing this? But anyways, anyway, so uh, long story short, so um, so I, I I became better at the motion design and the motion graphic stuff uh, towards the end of the the intern internship, and then. Uh, I was expecting to getting a job, you know, like most interns, like, well, not always, but it's common. It's common when you, you stick and you you work hard and you you hope to stay, you know? So, uh, but what they, uh, they didn't offer me a job, but there was another guy working there also like a, some sort of intern and they did offer him a job. And um, in my perspective, I was way better. So I, I was like, uh, Confused, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what the F, you know, what is happening? So and then I um, wanted to give them the biggest uh, F you and uh, start my own company. So I told myself I will never work for a boss in, uh, again and I'll just start my own production company and I will show you guys. So, and you did uh, it. And you, yeah, you yeah. Did. So, <laughs> fucking did it. Yeah, so I, it, yeah. Exactly. So in a way it was like kind of good. Like, you know, like yeah. this stuff always happens. The drive, Something bad, like the negative, yeah. Exactly, exactly. That negative, uh, like, happening that uh, basically occurred made you, like, have that drive and motivation to do your own thing. We and call it, yeah, maybe, that's the universe, bro. When, in, mm-hmm. you know, things are, are deemed to happen. That's it. Yeah. yeah, it's literally meant to happen. But it's so funny because, like, we get, like, so frustrated by something like this happening. Maybe like maybe if you got the job, you would first of all you want to have just an ordinary company, and you'd probably yeah. just working on some other boring stuff, copying more books, exactly, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so fascinating that stuff when it happens. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so then when I started out, but I literally uh, I I like After Effects is like really my thing, my 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 software, which I love and. Um, in the second year of my my study, um, uh, we had it for a couple of months, but then there was there happened something with the the, the teacher and um, we the subject or the the um, yeah the subject didn't came back or we, we after effects nobody was teaching us so I had to teach myself so in the last in the second and the third and the fourth year I uh, did tutorials by night and then it's like really putting in the hours and uh, owning owning the software. And then at the end of the study, or when I got my degree, I told the guys from uh, uh, from the school, I was like, yo, you really, in this audiovisual design and animation stuff, you really need to have this uh, After Effects implemented because it's, yeah, yeah you can't yeah, do it without. In, in, it's in, fundamental. In general business. Yeah, <laughs> fundamental. Exactly. So, um, and then after a year, they called me uh asking if i wanted to teach uh, at that school so it was like pretty awesome and i started out with a small class and then so that was like perfect uh doing some teaching like one or two days uh, a week and then setting up my own business creating my clients and network etc uh become better and better because i was like more of a motion designer um literally and not 
yeah, not so m- much of a cameraman, but I bought a, a mirrorless uh, camera guy, a camera mm-hmm. and I started filming and doing some jobs. And then the funny thing was I was teaching my students about uh, After Effects and they and then they even taught me stuff about like lenses. And I was like finally getting into that stuff because when I was doing the study myself, I was only caring about After Effects, After Effects. Only, yeah, only the... Know, so- the software yeah. basically so they, yeah. they got to teach you like the new stuff and by the way yeah. which ears I'm not were... really teaching yeah, yeah but just like, i'm uh, getting you to know what the new stuff it's uh, an exchange you know like you're teaching yeah. and then you're getting back <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just knowledge. nice to give and take and then so when i started just another nerd those um uh, the the people that i the students that i teach in uh, like the first and second year when they wanted to do an internship, they they uh, uh, called me. So I have these long connections with the with these uh, yeah young people, and we we learn from each other. So I, I yeah I find it very um, um, yeah thankful. And you're teaching there in the Netherlands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so just another nerd. Um, it was literally how I came to that name. Uh, I was thinking about um um yeah i i knew all these stories about all these well all these big people well, not, not all these stories but um i can imagine like nerds are the ones um who are who who develop themselves you know um maybe nerds are not the most popular ones it's cool but they through life they excel at, at being the best because they're uh, become a specialist and at, at and so eager to learn something and then they'll become the best so mm-hmm. um, my thought behind it was just just another nerd which m- kind of meant like just another well I, I don't want to call myself a genius but just another genius as in like just another guy who is like eager enough to become a specialist in and being the best in what he wants to do. So yeah, exactly. To make the, the the term popular, basically being a nerd, because especially in your time, yeah. nerds were really those like oh, let's oh, say losers oh, in, in your high school. Time, I take <laughs> 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 Calling you old guy. <laughs> but it is. But actually, it is yeah, very he, funny he got because a point. he got a point. He does. He does. But no, in the, yeah, in but the early two thousands, it, no, it really it was, was like. No, was it, it, like, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. That nerds, nerds were already kind of cool. It wasn't. It, it's not that cool okay. as it is right now. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously, it has it has grown. Yeah, earlier it, it was. Yeah. Plus, I, like I love you know. Yeah. Plus, I really loved the the contrast because when I did acquisition, I was calling clients, and uh, my company name was just a nerd. Everyone on the, on the phone had to laugh about it. So it it it, it got stuck in uh, people's sure. minds, which was amazing, good. And um, and plus, when I, when I came at the meeting, then I was like coming with all these tattoos, and then they were oh oh, but you're not a nerd, you know. So it, <laughs> yeah, I'm a nerd, but um, just I don't maybe don't look like one. But uh, yeah, so that was always that I. I really love that contradiction of that whole uh, scheme of things. So, um, and you yeah, are absolutely so right with the name because, um, so guys, I worked in a, a festival uh, this past weekend, and 
basically it was just like delivering uh, drinks to clients and I just started uh, making some small talk with the clients and every time they asked me, oh, so what are you doing here in the Netherlands? And I was like, oh, I'm doing an internship in a company called Just Another Nerd. And every time I said this name, they were immediately so interested. Like, yeah, yeah, like immediately like, oh, so what do you do? What do they uh, do with the company? And, everything? and they were Im- immediately like um, interested and wanting to know more. So those same clients, when they went to the other days on the festival, they still remember the name. They were like, oh, uh, so uh, tell me a little bit more about, about just not a nerd. That's it. Just whatnot. another nerd guy. Come on. <laughs> just another nerd guy. Yeah. Making the term yeah, popular. It's nice. so cool. It's so cool. I love the name. It's good really to good. hear. It's good to hear. Yeah. So that's and, always, that was always, always fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just one thing. When you were learning After Effects, uh, which year was it? Like, uh, was it before YouTube or did you still like oh, uh, find stuff on YouTube? Because like no, back yeah, then, was, back then it might be very hard to find things to yeah you know, like to do the real. job you're doing, you know. No, well back then there was already also a lot of uh, every almost everything was on YouTube and, and you have like uh, Linda, uh, Linda.com. They have like a lot of tutorials on on Cinema 4D, uh, After Effects, all, all kinds of software. Um, but there was a specific website called VideoCopilot.net. Uh, by Andrew Kramer and a lot of people know know that name who know After Effects because if you get into the basics and you, and you get into those um, tutorials, then yeah, you'll you'll find them uh, soon enough. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was it was on YouTube as well, and it was around. Um, I did my I got my degree at, in 2010, so it was between 2006 and 2010. So okay. for you guys, maybe sounds or looks like ages ago but i mm-hmm. yeah in a way a lot of things didn't even change that much i think really? or maybe yeah i don't know because like with these softwares sometimes you have a problem and it's very specific so nowadays i think that there's obviously more creators like just talking about these small yeah just information yeah. like you have much more forums to discuss these types of things but uh, then back then yeah. but yeah still of course um, um, uh, yeah the more time uh, goes by the more tutorials uh, end up on uh, YouTube or people uh, troubleshooting and helping each other out so yeah you're obviously right there's um, more now than back then but still back then there was still a lot to be found so um, and mm-hmm. through Thorens I downloaded a lot of uh, uh, Linda tutorials so yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. No, amazing. That is nice. And talking yeah. about those production things, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind when people say about the Netherlands and Dutch people, it's definitely the DJs, you know. So oh, whenever, yeah. yeah, whenever someone comes to me and oh, I'm Dutch, and I was like, oh fuck, you you guys are such a small country, and you got a bunch of DJs in the DJ Mag Top 100. They're mm-hmm. basically. All Dutch, <laughs> 50, yeah, man, sixty or fifty Dutch DJs right there. It's it's crazy, and yeah, isn't that weird, this huh? DJ and production things are very developed in your country. What what do you say that why DJs are Dutch? That's the question. Do you have an answer for it or kind of stuff? Mm. 
No, it, it's actually a theory I never uh, uh, thought about. I was a DJ before as well. I started out at, yeah, when I was twenty three. Might be, might be <laughs> like a thing like it's like when, when it's people like, ask oh. me, "You're Brazilian?" They they ask me like, "Do you play soccer?" And in, in the exactly. might be like, like, like yeah. "Hey, are you a DJ?" <laughs> it's like it's crazy. I, I think, yeah, but I think it, they grow up like playing uh, CDJs right away, mm -hmm. just like learning how to mix. We yeah. we uh, oh. <laughs> grew up with soccer, playing yeah. soccer. Yeah. Grew up with, like mixing tables. Yeah, I, I actually started out with the, with the vinyl. Now now I'm start, starting to sound real old, but uh, I started out with the vinyl and then uh, later on the CDJs and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. Why would why is it? We're such a small country, but we still, I don't know. We're, we're, um, we're pretty developed, you know, we're sure. uh, economic wise, we're a, a good country. So I think... There's a lot of stuff uh, that uh, helps us or enables us to do, to learn stuff, to buy stuff. I think that's one of the biggest, um, that we're a rich country. I think uh, mm -hmm. that helps. Uh, uh, the word, yeah. Um, And very organized yeah, as well. Like the Netherlands is one of the most organized countries I've ever been to, like without any doubt. And uh, yeah. it, it's insanely pretty. Like it's insanely pretty. I say this. Sometimes I may say, oh, the Netherlands is like kind of looks the same in a lot of ways, but it's still like uh, how we got built. It's like fascinating because obviously, guys, the Netherlands is under the sea level in a lot of parts. And just the thought of like people building stuff on the water and making it a country is like yeah. just incredible. How, mm -hmm. how did it all, all of that? And um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, the, the, the big I'm a, I'm a big uh, fan of the U.S. So uh, I love L.A. I love New York, and especially in L.A. But also in New York, it's everything is so freaking big over there. And um, so, in comparison to to Holland, like everything is so small and and not not very tall. And there, it's high and big and. So that's the, and when I was in a cab once in a um, in LA and I was talking to the Uber driver and he, I was like, yeah, this is so cool and it's so big and, um, but it was just a, a warehouse or whatever. And, and then he was like, yeah, but you guys, you had like the rom nice romantic stuff going on and the, and the, and the small things in in uh, or the small houses and the kennels and the kennel houses in in Holland which is way more romantic, has way more sentiment and, and story and nostalgia. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I had to give him, I think it's, it really depends on where you live because you're, you're always yeah. kind of tired, tired of the fact or seeing the same kind of shit. When as soon as you see new shit, you think it's, ah, this is awesome. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, like the Netherlands feels very cozy. It's crazy because it has so many people. But it, but it doesn't feel like it has that many people. Like people tell me, oh, there's like uh, 10 million people living in Amsterdam. Like, how is that possible? It doesn't yeah, even feel like great, it. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, sometimes when I even was in Italy, in Bologna, Bologna had, I think, half a million people. But it looked so uh, massive, like in terms of people walking around. I'm here in Netherlands, just biking around. It feels like my own yeah. city, quite literally. It feels like my own city. It is so yeah. fascinating how they can like create that movement inside the city with the bikes, obviously. Uh, I think also well, has to do with having no cars because with, by having no cars, it feels mm -hmm. like there's more space for people 
in a way to move around and yeah i i guess it creates that like fast movement also with the bikes always going around uh so i think it comes mainly from that which i actually love quite a lot because the netherlands is i'm sure one of the first countries that kind of wants to take away the cars and make everything about bikes and uh, i think they even set out a, a promise that in 2030 they want to take all the petrol cars out of the country and they only want uh, electric well, cars. Oh, out of, out of the city, out of the city. Well, that's yeah, yeah. You're, okay. you're confusing Amsterdam with, 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 uh, with Holland now. Okay, okay. I think that's, that, that's the aim from the mayor and not everyone likes that, obviously, because <laughs> I remember yeah. driving with the car through the center of Amsterdam, but that's already, they're slowly locking out all the streets. <laughs> so now you can just only bikes, go... Right? One certain way or just around the center so gotcha. they're they're yeah they're they're working on that um yeah i actually wanted to ask you this because i also never asked you what is like the project that you're most proud of that you did like in the company in just not nerd i know you told me like a few ones but like the one that uh when people ask you about the company uh mm. you talk literally about this one project you're proud of you're, like yeah just very proud, like your favorite working on as well? Um, <clears throat> well, I have two I have two funny stories. One is about how I started photography, and that's like quite quite the story, I think. And um, mm -hmm. the biggest, the, the nicest project I worked on. Um, it's always hard because most of the time, uh, it's the latest project I've worked on. But for now, I would say um, the one I'm most proud of would be the one which was the biggest. So I, I at first, in the beginning, I was by myself. And then uh, later on, I, I got a partner. And uh, that changed it up a little bit because I was like literally doing animations or short videos for a thousand bucks. But then uh, we did our first meeting together with a, with a client that he uh, found. And then um, we asked for the budget and the guy was like, yeah, it's like a 10 with a extension to 14. Now I was, and I would have done that whole thing for 1400, but he was like talking about 14K. So um, <laughs> I told my friend, okay, we're gonna be partners. We're gonna rock shit, you know? So, uh, and from that moment on, we, we started working together. Um, and we actually extended that whole job, became 30K with a, with a new wow. logo and all, all kinds of stuff. So I was, uh, I was like, okay, we're, now we're really going to do something, you know? And <laughs> When he told you the price, your, your reaction might be, no, oh, yeah, 30K, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, you know... <laughs> yeah i'm done yeah, I'm, I used just to. Trying, I'm used to trying, yep. <laughs> yeah yeah well i had to uh i had to uh, uh yeah of course fake it but i was like dancing on the table in my mind but, uh, yeah. <laughs> when you got home you opened the bottle of champagne let's go <laughs> let's get <Yeah>. it <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely so um so and then so i got the partner and then um we grew out to be a full functioning production company so uh, then the jobs became bigger and bigger and where I never saw my, saw myself as a legit director, I became that and other people were actually seeing me as a director. Um, so I, I was like being modest in the beginning and then I thought, okay, 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 I'm a director, I'm going to do this, okay, okay. So, and then we had um, 
uh, we're shooting the Netatmon, which was uh, you, okay. you made an edit about it, mm-hmm. um, which was a three day shoot, if I'm not mistaken, or two days. I think two days we ran it out of place and uh, it was like a lights on the outside of the house and everything. It was like a team of 30 people. And then as a director, you're in charge, you know? So I felt like, okay, I'm the boss now. So that, that was just a, an awesome experience. And then from there on out, I was like, okay, I, I felt legit as being a director. And um, yeah. So, but the, the other story was, and was, was kind of the same how now I'm, now I'm thinking about it uh, as how I started out with the partner. Cause um, when I got into photography, um, my partner, uh, uh, he was he was uh, more of the finance and marketing guy and sales. Uh, yeah. At the end of 2017, kind of didn't work anymore. So I decided to go uh, just to pursue the company by my by myself uh, with some um, with a producer and some editors and um, mm-hmm. and I was for fun. I did a, a shoot with some hot girl in a hotel and like a sexy shoot. And then um, the hotel started following me on Instagram and they hit me up like uh, several weeks later, so, uh, inviting me. So, uh, and they proposed to me, would you like to do our uh, lifestyle shoot, the photography? And like I didn't saw myself before as a director, I didn't saw myself as a being a photographer. So I was like, yeah, I know how to work a camera, but I'm not a photographer, photographer, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. And then, um, and then um, uh, they told me the budget. I was like, okay, the lifestyle shoots, uh, what, what's going on? And yeah, it's like a 25K. I was like, mm, okay. So <laughs> yeah. I, I literally had that same type of moment. I'm a photographer. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm a professional. Yeah, yeah, I'm I've worked for, in these yeah. like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, 10. It's been 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, um, so I was thinking, okay, so how, how am I going to do this? Um, well, what I did was I asked my camera, or my technician guy, like, what what brand should I buy? So, well, you got Nikon, Canon, or Fuji, and I was like, ooh, Fuji sounds nice. I want to be unique. I want to have this uh, other type of camera than than most people have. So I took, mm-hmm. I went for the Fuji. I went to LA, did some test shoots, um, came yeah. back, bought two extra lenses. And then I literally, the, it was a three-day shoot photography in and around the hotel, uh, five models, uh, yeah, quite the production. And, um, and I was literally uh, standing in front of the mirror the, the night before, and I was like, you're going to fucking nail this. You're going you're gonna to do it. You're going to do it. Yes, you're going to do it. And so, so I nailed it, three-day shoot. And then uh, after that, I actually had more photography jobs than uh than video to be honest yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's sure. kind of weird and then obviously the the um, what brands always find uh, interesting is that you could that you can offer both you know to do the you you build up a scene you create a scene or with lighting or whatever then and if you can do also the photography and also do some uh, filming it's always interesting um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it happens, happens a lot right now so yeah and it's good to have like a very diverse set of skills like you can do you can literally do pre, po- uh, post, and the actual production itself. So that's amazing. Yeah. Like so many people don't want to like hire too many companies to do everything. So with yeah. you, you can literally do everything. And that's like, like first of all, you earn 
the whole money that they <laughs> propose and yeah, you just like so. present like the, the the whole idea through your vision so the pre-production yeah. is your own vision the actual production itself is also and obviously the post which are amazing editing skills like <laughs> yeah. you make everything done so for that yeah, yeah 100% it's awesome uh, amazing it's awesome. to hear yeah and when when I went in so when I got more into the directing then I chose to work with DPs or camera guys you know so that was actually the one thing that I um l let go because when you create a vision when you uh when you create a treatment or a concept and then you start doing the shooting um obviously you want the the highest camera or the the, the most high end cameras like the red and the ari and um but I didn't know how to uh, use them myself, so I, I had to. I worked with the DPs, but then in the end, I always wanted to do the post production, you know, because uh, the last magic happens in the in the edit or in the post production. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted to have that uh, still that control, control, yeah, control, yeah, yeah control, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what? Um, Let's talk a little bit about what everybody thinks about the Netherlands or even more Amsterdam itself. What do you think? What do you guys <laughs> think about the Netherlands? What, what are the most common things you hear, except for that old DJ thing? Okay, for me, it would be probably like, um, besides like, it's a very organized country, I think just biking. Like the bikes themselves are just like scattered around uh, Amsterdam and, and Netherlands itself. Like every place has like at least like 10 bikes just packed <laughs> in the same yeah. location. But uh, but yeah. yeah, obviously, like the nightlife itself. Yeah, it's and like the first thing I, I do comes to my mind uh, more for us from Latin America. We always think about the the weed in there because it's very organized yeah. Oh, yeah. in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but but really, like really, we are we're amazed about it because that's what yeah. we want for our country. Because the, all the wars that happens here, it's because of the illegal drug system. Uh, everybody sells and the system in there in the netherlands works how it's supposed to be like you have actually stores selling it and it's actually legal and you put tax on it and that's how it's supposed to be and yeah, yeah. and yeah definitely um really i'm really amazing about about you guys how how you do this how you organize it is and amazing how it's expensive and how yeah. how it's supposed to be it is expensive yeah. it is like a thousand k industry so it has to be yeah i'm not sure about the tax though because I'm, I'm just realizing in that 15 or 20 or 25 or 30 you know i think i've been smoking weed or hash for well since i was 14 15 years old so that's like uh and it has been always years. illegal yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, but I never, never, ever had a receipt <laughs> that told me, like, you bought one bag, it's 10 euros, and you're paid, like, 8% VAT. Oh, no, really? that never happened. Oh. <laughs> oh. Not once. So, yeah, so I think, um, I don't know. Ah, well, it, it's not even, but since you mentioned it, I was like, okay, I'm not even sure. They're, they'll probably pay taxes or whatever, but... Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I I remember those times when when I was like uh, when you're just just young, you needed to be 16 to get into the uh, coffee shop and just buy. 
So yeah. when you were like 14, 15, you were standing around the corner and asking guys, hey, can you, uh, can you get something for us? Like, <laughs> a few grams for us, please. A few grams for <laughs> us. <laughs> we're going to have a party yeah. afterwards, please. Just, just two grams, just two grams. Yeah. 100%. For sure. Yeah, and, and the funniest thing is that uh, if me or Jacques, we get weed in our own countries, we just say, oh, You're can you get us like one gram of weed? We never say like what weed we want. But in the yeah. Netherlands, you guys say like a whole. We got a menu, sentence. bro. We got a oh, menu. Fuck. That's amazing. <laughs> a menu of That's whatever amazing. that is. It's so yeah. funny. It's so funny. I went once to the, to the coffee shop and they had a whole menu. And I, and I was like, I just want weed. Just, <laughs> just whatever. Weed, man. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, yeah. like, but, but which wave do you want to get? Like, and I was like, fuck. And like, you guys are asking the wave you want to get right after. Like, wow, amazing. But guys, yeah, yeah. It's, it's how it's supposed to be, you know. Like, um, it, it's sure. the way it's the way that uh, of how how you break all the illegal stuff industry. Like the traffic is very serious here in Brazil, and all those slams and favelas, they're all built, and the money that came to favela it's all from drugs. So yeah. the way the way that you break all those illegal stuff, it's legalizing. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Even uh, in the United States. Uh, it was, um, what was it said? It was the state above California. Um, now I forgot the name. But, um, Where Seattle is it? It's Portland. Uh, no, no, no. Portland. It's, it's the state Portland. of Portland. So Oregon, Oregon, actually. So Oregon, Oregon yeah. was the first state to, to decriminalize all drugs to see if the crime went down. Uh, and it worked because people were not like, um, because when you have drugs that are decriminalized, you kind of get the image out of being everything is bad. And you can get everything for uh, in a legal manner, quite literally. So you take away all of the traffic because now you can get stuff for free, uh, for uh, in a legal way, uh, and it stops all of the illegal trafficking and like the massive industries behind it. Even Canada yeah. does it, and Canada is like also a very organized country with a lot but of I rules think the behind only, everything. But I think they only did it with the weed, right? Not with uh, like hard. Oregon, Oregon also did with shrooms. And uh, some other light stuff as well, but shrooms, yeah. But and California always... wants to take shrooms as well. Uh, everything legal, shrooms. Which is the biggest market, and that's heroin, uh, heroin, and, and and cocaine. Um, that's there's no country who make that legal on the yeah. So that's oh, always no, no. going to be yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Hard drugs, you will always be there, guys. But yeah. when you when you legalize the weed, when you legalize the, like the drugs, the natural drugs, like you say, shrooms, um, yeah. you're decreasing a lot the crime, the, the crime land, and the crime is always be there. Like that's the truth. Yeah, there is no yeah. you know this fairy tale land where you guys don't have crime. Like you never be maybe on like Mars. This. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And maybe in there, when when the money gets there, the crime is going to be happening there for sure. <laughs> and it's how, how you humans are. And but yeah, you guys are doing a way a really good, good job. Like I, I can't imagine gr growing up in a country where like drugs are illegal. I mean, Liberal. weed. And how, how was it? How, how was growing up? Uh, where are you from? Like, are you from the Netherlands? Have you grown up in there or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up um, in a, a small city, uh, like an hour away from Amsterdam, which is, um, yeah, um, which, which was very nice uh, to me. 
it's just like you said, you know, the Holland is a very liberal country. It's a country um, uh, liberal, but well-organized, like you, like you mm. mentioned before, Guillermo. Um, also in like the, the benefits for people, like uh, health benefits, um, people are being taken care of, you know, from, from, from young age till like, uh, uh, until you're, uh, yeah, until you die. A grandpa, <laughs> so, <laughs> until you're a grandpa. Yeah, mm. yeah. But also when it because I, I contemplated the idea of like living in the States and then um, there it's, it's so fucked up. <laughs> it so is. I but you think know, like, okay, it's nice to be there, but I'm not sure if I would really want to live here because yeah. my benefits and my, uh, the whole social structure here in Holland is so good. So uh, it, there's, yeah. Um, yeah, the thing about the States yeah. is that they basically they say that they give you the choice of wanting all the insurances. But the thing is that in most countries in Europe, we basically have quite a lot of tax cut off, cut out of from our salaries. So we have like everything made up for us. Like if something bad happens to us, we can just go to the hospital and get checked out for free. Like literally the only times that I've been to the, uh, to the hospital, there were very few. I just went there and just, they just checked me at, at the precise time. And I didn't have to give one cent to them. But in uh, yeah. the United States, they basically have insurance for everything. And you need health insurance, you need um, workers insurance, you need to pay all of that by yourself so that if something bad happens to you, you at least don't die on the street. Sure, and yeah. even like with and... ambulance, uh, ambulances, they are always talking about if, <laughs> if you don't have health insurance and you get uh, run over by a car and if they call you uh, an ambulance, then you have to pay like a ton of money just to be on the ambulance. Yeah, there are a lot of like foreign a people owe only money to the system, like thousands of dollars only because they got like, you know, on ambulance, they, they got drunk in a party and now they, they want money and they have to pay for the rest of their lives to the health system, yeah. of the American health system. And that, that's crazy. It's fucked. It's that's, literally it's fucked. crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, and even the education itself, like in Europe, we basically have oh, yeah. almost education for free. Uh, in a lot of countries, I think Denmark and so the oh, Scandinavian countries. What, what, what education do you mean? Like a college, mainly college. Because I, well, college costs money. But um, uh, in, in the Scandinavian countries, I know that they don't pay anything for, uh, for tuition. So okay. it's, it's the college that pays. But even like in most European countries, besides the UK, it's very cheap uh, in comparison to the yeah. US to... Uh, Australia. It's affordable. Let's say yeah, it's affordable. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is affordable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in the yeah, US, so if you don't get it, if you don't get a scholarship, you definitely don't go to the to the college. Like people are looking for the scholarships all the way down. Yeah, they live yeah. by loans basically. They yeah. always uh, get a loan when they go to college, and then they spend like forty years paying for the loan. I actually, I still remember one of my American friends when I studied in Italy. He told me that his dad only uh, stopped paying or he finished paying for his college tuition when he was 40 years old. And that is insane. Like, imagine paying to your college until you're 40 years old. That's like, I don't know. I, well, I, 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 have, to, I have to be honest, but I, I was just being uh, <laughs> extra. Uh, I, I, I got money from the government while, uh, uh, while studying. It's like a study loan. But I used it just to 
uh, come around and, and party and live life. <laughs> yeah, it's how, it's how we do with Erasmus. I'm almost 40. <laughs> what? What? It's what we do with Erasmus. Like, I, I did Erasmus in Poland oh, yeah. and was basically getting money for partying, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same with me. So All now, the money that um, my government gave me. Yeah, so now I'm almost 40 and I'm still uh, paying uh, back that uh, loan. So, oh. I don't know. Does it, that sound, that's, it sounds like the same. Similar. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't care about all, the, all these things, you know. You, you just need to live life enjoy and uh you're, do, you're do right do stuff that you find cool you know and then yeah like whatever with money stuff well some people are just playing it safe my, my parents are very much like that you know they they hated it when i took my first loan and um but yeah what yeah but, but i think like building memories is the most important thing ever and a lot of people exactly. are way too safe with money and they end up yeah. in 10 years regretting not doing anything fun. And like, I actually no. see, see that you are a little bit different than other Dutch people that I met here. You're like a bit more free. Yeah. You are more like outgoing, like outspoken, more parting. Yeah. Because thing, uh, like something that I kind of see in Dutch people is that they're a bit more reserved mm-hmm. and like uh, well, I, maybe not introvert, but they don't want, they don't like go on like risk of their shell. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more like, exactly risk-free so they just want to stay yeah. in their lanes a lot of times and with you like from the very beginning i saw that you were like completely different and i think it was because you kind of left the netherlands for a little while even when you went to new york uh to some other areas and you kind of got the lifestyle from those places so i think that helps perhaps, a lot perhaps a little bit i just love to travel but like i said i'm my parents are very safe and reserved um and I, I I I grew out to be the rebel as I am because my my sister is more like my my parents. So um, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because of just because of who I am because I've been always been like that. But because of the traveling and learning about other cultures, I think like you say, it's um, making memories and seeing the world is like the most important thing. I think because. There are 100%. so many people who just go on a holiday like every year and they go to freaking Spain and then they do that like 10 years in a row and then they get <laughs> children and it becomes too expensive to go on a holiday and then they stay in Holland and then before you know it, you're like 40, 50 and then what have you seen of the world, you know? So Yeah, but, you know, each, each and every person has his own values and... Um, yeah goals in life obviously so yeah. I, I respect that too but for me it's like since i, I, since I the even have beginning. a feeling that i didn't see that much you know if i listen to your stories you're fucking 21 and you're already seeing so many uh stuff and you know? and, and so, i say the same when i talk to other people because literally one week ago i met a guy and he told yeah. me like the places that he has been and i'm like wow that's insane. I, I haven't been to basically anywhere. <laughs> so, you know, it's always like a circle. We always want more. Like sometimes our yeah. ambitions are our death because we never like stop for a moment it's to really enough. appreciate. Yeah, it's never enough. We really never stop to appreciate what we have and what we have seen a lot of times. So thankfully, I have been a little bit better in that uh, part because I look at my friends and uh, I love them to death, all my friends, but they haven't been to 
anywhere and they don't know much about like other cultures, other people. And whenever I get to, especially in Portugal, whenever I meet another person, I'm always so interested in their uh, history, in their culture, what they do and everything. And a lot of my friends just don't want to like, don't want to think about it. They just want to live their lives like normally. And for me, that's yeah. just boring. It's like, it's yeah, because I, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but traveling for me became like a kind of addiction because uh, the hardest part is to travel to the first country, not the 121st or the 22nd country that you go. The, 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 most, the hardest one is the first that you travel. After traveling to the first country, after facing all this stuff, like getting out of the comfort zone, it's the best. And this, this became the addiction, like traveling to another country and knowing more culture. And that's how we do with this podcast. Like we're um, talking with people from around the world and they all say the same, like, oh, fuck, like you guys are traveling a lot. And then what we want to show, like the easiest is to travel like to the 22nd, to the 23rd and whatever country. But the, the hardest one is to yeah. travel to the first one, getting out from the comfort zone for sure. Yeah, and people think it's so hard to yeah. like travel. And I always say it's not hard. You don't need to plan that much stuff. You just need to grab your own body and soul and just do it. I know that people yeah, sometimes are afraid to go alone and whatnot, but you know, just do some yeah. research. And tr like the first ever country that you go into doesn't doesn't need to be like that far away. You don't yeah, need to sure. go to Australia. You, you can just go to Paris. Like just go to Paris. Go to exactly. whatever place. You have a ton of stuff there to do, and afterwards you you will say to yourself, "I love this, and I want to, and I want to do more." Then you can go to the Middle East. Sure, yeah, it, it's like a it's like a game. You're like doing levels, you know, like go to the yeah. next level whenever you're traveling, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, it's it's all about prioritize because I, I I come from, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't have too much money. I started traveling when I started my own company. Because before I never have money or I never prioritized my money well enough sure. to yeah, be able that, to travel. That's the point. Because I had friends who went to Asia and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I need I need to go to Thailand. But I never had money. But it wasn't yeah. even that expensive. I, I just prioritized wrongly. I, I was partying my my ass off every weekend and Buying if I wouldn't have the clubs for like three months <laughs> I, I could have had a ticket so it was all about priority so um so when I got gained more money through my business I, I saw the opportunity to go to New York and um, then I went to Mexico with my girlfriend back then so yeah um yeah, but still, like I said, I, I have the feeling I still haven't seen not so much. And plus, I always went to like uh, the English speaking countries or Spanish is what you still are able to uh, or mm -hmm. the, like Spain. You can always uh, talk English like uh, just uh, when when sure. when you come to Holland, everybody speaks English as well. But what I would love to see is um, uh, Tokyo or China, Hong Kong, you know, like the um yeah, they're very like, like different cultures. Yeah, different like, world. Like, we, you cannot read or or uh, nothing, you know. You really de are depending on uh, yeah, like the people around gestures and kind of there? stuff. Have you guys been there? No, I never mm. never been there. I wish no. I, I really want to go to Tokyo because yeah. their culture yeah, me fascinates me. Like they have such yeah. a rich 
like uh, sp- spiritually, they are very rich in Externally, uh, spirituality. Totally different. They're yeah, like they're um, what they believe in. It's very pure. It's very like nice. Yeah. It's very different yeah. from like just grinding. You know, we have like the the grind culture. They're like very spiritually. Like they do their own things and balanced. they really believe in they're all. all stuff. They're all balanced. <laughs> and you know the oldest the oldest people come from uh, Okinawa, I believe it is. My my father gave me a book once. It's called uh, Ikijai or Ijikai, and um, it's about the whole uh, living all in, uh, living totally the balanced, which, which which yeah, which enables you to become older and um, yeah, I think uh, become older healthy is mainly. Um, mindset or 80% mindset mm-hmm. but your mind isn't healthy if you don't eat healthy or live healthy so um it's all connected obviously yeah. but um yeah so that's uh, okinawa uh but yet they're also like super futuristic i always thought like in tokyo oh there's they're like so many years ahead on megazords uh, <laughs> stuff. yeah yeah, it's you know, like <laughs> they have like yeah. the the swipes in the air, like Minority <laughs> Report. You know, I, I was always imagining that 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 happens there. But I heard that it's not like that. But it there's a small town which is quite futuristic or around. Uh, I, I've been told, but I definitely want to, yeah, um, discover it uh, very soon. I was I was talking literally to um, last year where I, I designed because um, I uh, okay I need to back up a little um, there was there was a moment like two years ago when I was in New York I was okay literally thinking about myself well, I was 38 I was okay I'm going to be almost 40 um, let's say I'm at the half of my life um, I just when I'm 80 or whatever when I'm at the end I just don't want to uh, say like or regret stuff, you know. I just want to tell myself like, okay, I at least tried everything that I liked yeah. in my life yeah. and tried to, you know, tried my best. I want to live life to the fullest. So I gained, uh, I came up with these things like a, a couple goals that I would definitely want to, would like to, would love to reach, yeah. uh, and with, that's like conquering the art world, become a movie star, do something with music. And realize uh, big projects to help people. When I gain all that money, I want to give back. You know, so that's definitely something that I uh, stand yeah, for. But um, so when I thought about this whole thing of conquering the art world, I was like, okay, but how? Yeah, you can create art, but I need to come up with something that's really um, uh, set to my name or that really people will recognize me uh, for. Yeah. So I came up with a, an installation. Uh, called face uh, existing from 12 different screens in different sizes and I'll hang them in different depths from the from the wall um, and I'm it's all in the developing stage I, I did a small one in Switzerland uh, t- two years ago but I'm trying to uh, make the concept a little bit better uh, but one of what I wanted to say was uh, when I was trying to sell it uh, I got in contact in, with a hotel in Tokyo and I was trying to sell that concept, and then they said, "They said, yeah, our hotel is. Uh, um, we also collaborate with artists, so 
they stay here for one or two months in the hotel and then they get back in, in a type of uh, way. So I already saw myself flying to Tokyo, being there mm -hmm. for two months and then shooting the whole scenes and create that art piece out of everything that I've shot there, you know, so that's still on my um, on my bucket list. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then you have like a purpose to stay in Tokyo for like sightseeing and everything. That's the best thing, yeah. like uh, getting the work done and also just seeing what you always wanted to see. Yeah, Through, like traveling around. Yeah, like Japan, even outside of Tokyo. Yeah. Sure. So that's a good have way guys, to, to get it done. Have you guys seen that film, uh, Watchtower of Turkey? Mm, no, I don't, mm. I don't think so. It's like a, uh, as I remember it, it was a, it was a guy who was uh, who went to Turkey, but he shot everything so uh, nicely and edited it very, very beautiful uh, to a to a track from uh, Ludovico Einaudi, I believe. Uh, but watch Tower of Turkey. Make sure you check it out. And um, um, I believe when when he after he did it, so it was more of like a, a fancy holiday video. And after that, mm -hmm. uh, everybody loved this style, and it went, went viral. And he he gained way more uh, jobs out of that because uh, he cool. really showed his specific style. So I'm I'm literally thinking maybe you should just go to freaking Tokyo, buy a ticket, go create that art piece. And then sell it back to Tokyo while being back, you know, just but first create it and then try to sell it or something. Oh. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, it's a risk. It's a risk, but if it works out, fucking it's hell. It's a fun yeah. risk. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun risk. And then you're doing the, the second movie of this, <laughs> the same one. You're starting yeah. the next movie. <laughs> I'll do the, sure. do the second one in Brazil, yeah? Oh, fuck, man. Damn, doors are open for you. Whenever you want to come with your family, with your girlfriend, doors are open. Here in Rio. I'm from Rio, so the best city of Rio. Yeah, Brazil. I wanted to ask. Like, where, where yeah, I'm you? from Rio. Definitely. Nice, man. I've been talking to a lot of girls from Rio. but yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> There's actually quite a lot of Brazilians in here, like in Amsterdam. So many oh, Brazilians. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I also think that, so now going back a little bit to the nightlife in Amsterdam, Uh, the red light district, almost every girl there is Brazilian. The one that uh, is uh, obviously, really? as you guys know, yeah, so many are Brazilian. Really? Like I Bro. hear them speak oh, like Portuguese so many times. And uh, so for the people who are listing the red light district in Amsterdam, obviously you guys know uh, there are some girls uh, behind some um, glass windows and you can do whatever you want with them for a price. And uh, <laughs> like all my life, I thought, Every single girl of here is Dutch, but they're so international, like super international. They're almost every girl is Brazilian. And uh, I was very like weirded out by that. Like how? Like you're in Holland. They should be Dutch. But hell no. I haven't been in the red lights district for a really, really long time. And yeah, back in the day, we went there like drinking, partying and whatever. But um, um, I never noticed Yeah, I can imagine that it's, it's, but it's still mixed, right? It's not, it's not like a 70 or 80% Brazilian, or is it right no, now? No, no, I don't think, I, I guess it's mixed, probably. Yeah, it, it is mixed, but I still think like maybe half are Brazilian because the last time that I went there was like two weeks ago and I was just walking around and every girl uh, and every single one of those girls, when they were talking to each other, every girl was talking Portuguese from Brazil. Yeah. I was like so surprised, but yeah, it, it is mixed, but I don't think there's many Dutch girls uh, in the red light district working there 
that but that was that's like, so what fun. I was like fascinated the the red lights district is of course an, uh, another uh, um, uh, another sick example of the how liberal we are you know like the weed the red light district it's 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 pretty crazy and it i don't know it's it, we're, we're such a tiny country and it's pretty i think it's quite exceptional like the um, the the influence i don't know if it's actual mm. influence but uh, how well known we are all over the globe while while being such a tiny country i think it's yeah sure very, uh, uh, like sure. amsterdam is at the same level as venice there are so many films shot in amsterdam just because every like uh, american person knows amsterdam like no venice yeah. like they know london yeah. so amsterdam is one of the biggest like uh, in terms of like um um, um well no i forgot the name yeah. Notoriety, like uh, notoriety, yeah, but for sure. Venice, Venice, they know for the kennels. While in Amsterdam, we also have the kennels, but they don't know us for the kennels. They know they us for know, the well, no. like, we <laughs> yeah. like, really. Sure. And, and when I say, yeah, I'm from the Netherlands. Oh, oh, okay. Where, 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 which city? Amsterdam. Oh, you're from Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Netherlands. Okay, now I always, always, always. <laughs> so we are coming to an end of our podcast. So uh, after this, after this thing of like God being, damn. yeah, bro, <laughs> that's passed so fast. And yeah, after after he say that the things that when people say that he's for, he's Dutch, so do the question, bro. For sure, for sure. So Jared, we always end our podcast with a question. And as I told you, this podcast was very like fast and it was like very engaging. Very fast. So we're quite happy with this. <laughs> very nice. Mm -hmm. But uh, basically the question that I always ask at the end is uh, what makes you the most proud of being Dutch? So when you were in New York, uh, just talking to people and you were saying you're from the Netherlands, uh, that you live in Amsterdam, what was like, like the thing that came after saying that exact thing that would make people go, wow, amazing. <laughs> that was literally the thing that I just said. It's always about the weed, man. People always like, oh yeah, do you smoke it? Do you smoke a lot? And you can smoke inside and you can just smoke outside and you can smoke uh, in, the, in the cafe. And it's, uh, it's like literally always like that. But if you ask me what am I proud of in, in about Holland or, my, or me being in Holland, I don't know. Like about being just Dutch, basically. Being, what? Uh, oh, being about Dutch. being Dutch, yeah, about being Dutch. Yeah, but then I would say, um, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't give a shit about soccer. <laughs> I, do, I do smoke weed, but I don't know what what the thing would be. I'm I'm just proud of myself, not proud of. Yeah, where are you from? Dutch. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm proud of the the whole liberal thing. I think, mm -hmm. um, and although we say we're liberal, it, it becomes way more controlled by the minute, especially with this whole Corona thing. But anyway, <laughs> so we came That's to the end. Amazing, yeah. Thanks again for having me, and uh, it was so much fun to talk to you guys. And uh, Jacques, I will. Perhaps even see you in uh, somewhere in the near future. Who knows? Bro, for sure, for doors sure. Doors are open here whenever you want to come. Jared, you already know. Portugal, come anytime. 
Like, I, I, you haven't been to the South. Like, I always say to the people, they go to Lisbon, they go to Porto. Guys, come to the South. You have no idea the type of views we have in the South. Like, it's I mean, just incredible. So, I need to do a surf camp in, uh, in, Port, in Porto, I think. That would be, mm -hmm. be a nice state for, for sure, a week for sure. surfing. Yeah, it's cool. It's the best way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guys. So, thank right. you all for watching. Thanks a lot, and, guys. Uh, Joan's like a dog is going crazy. So Boring is going he, crazy now. Like <laughs> it's his way of saying like it's over. <laughs> no, but amazing cheer. Like whenever you want to come to Brazil, feel free to come. Uh, doors are open yeah, for you. It, man. Thanks a lot for accepting the invitation for this podcast. Thanks a lot. It was amazing to know more about yourself and about your country and kill the stereotypes that people have about you know the Netherlands and Dutch people. Thanks a lot. And for our listeners, thanks a lot again. See you next week. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Bye.